photography is almost inherently predatory. Mm -hmm. If you're having an emotional inner interchange, it means you do something emotional. I'll physically hide behind this thing. I will take it. Once I take it, it will become mine by law. Yeah. I will own the creative rights to this thing. I will share it and I will be celebrated for creating this thing. Now do something emotional and beautiful enough that I can be celebrated for that. Welcome to the Tribe Archipelago Podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is, of course, sponsored by Tribe Archipelago, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collective of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we are offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at tribearchipelago.com and use the code TRIBEPODCAST to redeem this one-time special offer. Today on the podcast, I'm very excited to share my sit-down interview with Ryan Muirhead. I had the rare chance to do a face-to-face -face interview with Ryan when we crossed paths at Camp Dumore 2019 an intimate portraiture workshop in the wilderness of Ontario, Canada. I've long admired Ryan's work. He shoots mainly film, and his work conveys a compelling honesty and depth many people find elusive. In our chat, we cover a lot of ground. We discuss his process and the reality of making connections with people when you're holding a camera. We also talk about inspiration and fears, about Michelangelo, Jesus, and social media. It's an open-hearted, wide-ranging, and thought-provoking conversation. I truly enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. And just a side note for listeners, we recorded the interview in a tiny, echoey room with a single mic, so the sound quality is a little different than usual. I hope you don't mind. Maybe it adds to it. You decide. Okay, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, I guess if I can start with like a, a big picture question for you, what is it about photography that, that drives you or motivates you? Uh, I guess what drives me about photography is that it's easy to do. I wanted, I wanted to be an artist and I had no artistic ability and photography is pretty phenomenally easy. I think I used to get a little bit defensive about that when I was in college, like in art school, you know, all the other art students were saying photography isn't a real high art and all the photographers were so hurt and defensive about that. Yeah. And eventually I got to the point like, it is super easy. Put a DSLR Canon 5D Mark IV with an L-series lens on it, set that thing to aperture priority and point it at something yeah. and with no skill on your part, it's going to make something that looks pretty damn good. Yeah. And you can either see that as a negative of like, well, anyone can do it, or you can see it as a positive, like there's some tool that can produce something that aesthetically looks pretty good almost without me. Yeah. And so if I can take that tool and put some effort and personality into it without, you know, having any skill of drawing or painting or sculpting or whatever, you can turn into someone that can make some pretty beautiful content. So... Yeah. Uh, if I could, if I could sculpt or paint, I would probably not be doing photography, but I can't and I want to make stuff. So that's probably what draws me to it. So I, I get that. Can, can you 
what what pushes you though you know to to go to go beyond to to create right like there's got to be something um you know motivating you to within your art like 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 what are you trying to express i guess what am i trying to express that stuff in this world can seem very beautiful but it's unsettling to be here at the same time that most of the things that you see that are beautiful that are put in front of you as beautiful are advertisements they want you to wish you were a different person or were with a different person or had a different thing or were having a different experience. Yeah. Um, and I think most of the photography I even see is like that. And maybe even most of mine is like that. But every once in a while you get to see something like stuff Michelangelo made or stuff Caravaggio made and it is overwhelmingly beautiful. But then it's like, hmm, this is fucked up at the same time. Like. <laughs> you can see something that beautiful that's not saying, don't you wish you had this? Yeah. And to me, that's real beauty. Like real beauty has impermanence in it. Yeah. And beauty that doesn't have impermanence in it is trying to sell you something. Yeah. Is trying to convince you something that isn't true. Do you think, um, I, I think I, I, uh, I don't know if I read this or, or I heard you say it somewhere, but you talked about emotional depth, I think at some point. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. Um, uh, so is that something you 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 hope I think maybe to to get to me emotional depth in work I guess is kind of that same concept that work that doesn't have more than one emotion in it it's just like it's just like a hit of sugar like it just makes you say like oh that's pretty or oh that's sad or oh that's sexy or mm-hmm. oh that's romantic and then and then nothing yeah. you know it's just a flash in the pan like emotion and in the stuff that i'm most proud of like it feels like oh that's beautiful but sad or oh wow that looks so intimate but distant or mm-hmm. you know it's it's got to have some contrasting emotion because i think i think i think really beautiful things do like a, a mother holding a baby has this like, oh, that's so beautiful. But it has the beauty in it because the baby's not going to stay that baby. Because one day the mom's going to pick that baby up, set the baby down, and never pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Or that little baby that's this pure object of joy and purity and that kind of beauty is going to be some 16-year-old that's going to say to that same person, like, I fucking hate you. Like leave me alone yeah and that that is why holding that thing is so beautiful because it's not going to last and i think so much of what's directed at us now is like it will last if you looked like this you would love yourself forever if you were on this trip you would be you would love your life forever if you could do this thing or make this thing or be this person you would be happier and and, but then when you meet people that have those things for re- in real life or are those people, they still have the same human dynamics, that they're still having that, you know, that, I, I don't know, I've encountered, I've encountered that with working with phenomenally beautiful people mm-hmm. that people look at and say like, oh, if I was that person, I would love myself. And then you meet that person and they have the same things they don't love about themselves. Yeah. 
And when working with stuff that has such an obvious draw to it, like beauty, like people are going to see this and respond in the, I love that. And they're probably going to respond in the, I love that because I wish I had that or was that. And so the importance of having some secondary emotion of like, yeah, it's not that simple. It's not that it's complicated. You can feel this and this at the same time. You can feel beauty for the birth of a child and the knowledge that this perfect dynamic is not going to last. You can feel that at the same time. And I work on trying to capture that at the same time. Another concept that, 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 I, that I knew you brought up. So, so we're here at, at Camp Do More um, talking today and, and you're here as an educator to yeah. a workshop. And, and I think, you know, I've heard you talk a little bit before and, and you, you've talked about um, the shared moment, right? As between the photographer and the subject. And, and you know, I think you, you said it in the way that the picture is like, it's like a postcard of that moment. But the important thing is that moment. You want to elaborate on that, those ideas a little bit? I, I guess it's just part, part of a mindset I'm trying to get into where you're reverse engineering what makes the photo good. Because I mean, in the end, it sort of is like the photo is what I'm going for because more people are going to interact with that photo than are going to interact with the experience I shared with the people. You know, someone will buy a print of the photo mm-hmm. that's not paying me to spend time with the person. But still trying to get that photo not as the goal but as a i guess it could kind of come down to what's your approach are you a are you creating something from scratch like this is my vision this is the work i want to make this is how i want it to feel and here's how i will conduct myself to get there or are you saying if I spend this type of time with someone, it is going to feel like this. Mm -hmm. And if it feels like that, I can document that without even having to manipulate that much. If I can place myself in conversations and dynamics and interchanges like that, that feel like that, people hold themselves in a certain way when they're talking about things they care about, when they're talking about things they're vulnerable about. People hold and act in a certain way and then if you can figure out how to work a camera into that dynamic, you don't have to do all that much to make work that feels like that because it actually feels like that. Yeah. And that's much more my approach to shooting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you should film a lot, right? And, uh... I do. I've, I've been using a Leica M10P a little bit this last month. Yeah. But for my work where I feel like I'm shooting for myself, I'm about 95% film. Yeah. Why? Why film? Uh, the simplest answer is I'm trying to make work in circumstances that feel connected and emotionally relevant. And I would liken it to a really personal or challenging conversation you're having with someone. And if you're in that conversation with someone and they start staring at an iPhone screen, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Yeah. What happened to you in that moment? When I say, hey, Tell me something vulnerable. Tell me about your marriage. Tell me about your child. Tell me, connect with me on something that's big. And then I say, okay, you know, and no one can see me, but I'm like interacting with that. And then I make something about it. And then I stare at it on a screen. You're telling me about a dynamic you had with someone you were in love with once. I'm making something. And now I'm looking at what I just made on a screen and I'm going, hmm, that's all right. Or oh, that's nice. Or, hmm, that wasn't it. That sucks. Like what's going through your brain? Yeah. That 
screens are just anathema to... I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a big problem with that. You're saying I'm going to emotionally connect with someone, but photography is almost inherently predatory. Mm-hmm. If you're having an emotional inner interchange, it means you do something emotional. I'll physically hide behind this thing. I will take it. Yeah. Once I take it, it will become mine by law. Yeah. I will own the creative rights to this thing. I will share it and I will be celebrated for creating this thing. Now, do something emotional and beautiful enough that I can be celebrated for that. Yeah. There's that. There is that dynamic in photography. And I, it's almost like the least I can do is meet someone without a screen. The least I can do is to try to not have a camera in my hand until I'm ready to make that work that feels that way. Yeah. Like, show up, you know, show up a little bit more. Actually, I just listened to um, uh, Boone um, was talking in one of his classes about the, it's, I think he called it the creative triangle, but he, he put it something a really interesting way and I never really thought of this before, but there's there's really three creators in the process, of course. I mean, if we're talking about photography, of course, the first is the photographer and, and then the second would be the model or subject. Or and the, the third is, is God. Well, he said the third is the viewer. Right? God, God's always watching. <laughs> yeah, he, he could, we can okay. substitute him. The viewer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I thought that was interesting and, and just in, um, you know, realizing that, you know, it's not just the photographer, it's, it's the person, it's the viewer, and they all have, you know, a certain weight to, to that creative process. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just yeah. kind of made me think about what you just said there. Cool. Yeah. Um, what scares you, Ryan? What scares me? Uh, being really physically present in my body, like dancing, would probably be like number one fear. Hmm. You know, along with snakes and spiders, the classics. <laughs> right. Um, what scares me? That I'll get to the end of my life and be like, oh, you had it so easy and you wasted it. Hmm. Like you didn't do what you could have done because you were so in your head about it. Um, and physical violence scares me. Yeah. Like knowing that people are going through that on a massive or a personal scale and how, and how that overrides like any other consideration present. I just finished reading 1984 Uh and it has a lot of like, physical torture in it and you're waiting for the spoiler alert you're like waiting for the hero to beat it you know mm-hmm. like oh yeah you can overcome and he, and he doesn't yeah you know and it's like oh right you're in this meat suit full of emotions and full of interactions yeah. and it can be controlled it can be programmed it can be broken and that's part of the setup of what we got here that really scares me yeah um, I, I want to back up a bit, and, and I um, want to talk about. So, so I'll, I'll tell you, like for myself, when when I'm photographing someone, um, one issue that I find I often have is 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 breaking that barrier and and uh, creating space for the person to open up and to be vulnerable. And I think, 
you know, part of my issue is, is I have that issue is I, I, I'm guarded, you know, and yeah. I have problems opening up myself. And, and do you, like, would you say like, you know, would you consider yourself like to be more open and vulnerable and, and would that, you know, maybe help you, the people you work with to be more open with you? On, you on a, like, on like a macro scale, I, I try to conduct myself in chances that I get to talk about what I'm looking for, like this, like in this podcast, you know, you could talk about that you got stuff for sale or cool stuff you've done. But when I have the chance to do podcasts or interviews or Instagram captions, I try to talk about what it is I'm actually thinking about and caring about. So that if I have, if someone wants to meet me and they want to do a little research on me or whatever, it's not just fluff of like, oh, I won this internet award and Mm -hmm. I have 10,000 likes on this photo and you know, that there's something to digest of like, oh, this is what they care about. This is what they're going for. This is why they're making it. This is what they struggle with. This is what they think is amazing. You know, it's like almost legwork of like, wow, I bet that is a good fit or wow, I bet it isn't. And then on a micro scale of like actually being there with the person, the biggest thing is I'll just demonstrate anything I'm asking. You know, I'll, I'll pose myself horrendously bad. I'll, <laughs> I'll place my, you know, I'm never... I'm not putting someone in a situation of like, hey, we don't know how this is going to go, but I'm looking for something that feels like this and do it and see if you can. Yeah. I will, you know, fail on purpose first. I'll sit in the pose I'm thinking of. I'll make the expressions that are coming to my head. I'll talk why I want to shoot there or why I think it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and basically just embarrass myself. You know, you look at it and we're both looking at it being like, Oh, well, that's not very good. You know, so they all already know that just by going there, being them, being ready to be photographed and sitting in the place, it's already a step better than what they've seen me do. Right. You know, it's already an improvement. They're, they're not the most vulnerable, r- ridiculous looking person right now. You know, they're at best second place. And, and um, yeah, I like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, if you could... So I'm going to make a two-part question here. So uh, if you could hang out with anybody, like historically, contemporary, is there any, anybody that comes to mind that, that you would like oh to my gosh. sit across Art, from and have a conversation? Art-wise or just in general-wise? Anything, anything. Oh my God. If I had to go if I had to go anyone, I feel like I'd just have to pick Jesus. Yeah. Because like <laughs> getting a revolutionary brown-skinned guy from the Middle East that was against the government and trying to tell people how to treat each other and bring him back and just show him what people were doing because of him, both good and bad. And just like show him the Vatican and be like, look, this is what they talk about. You know, it's a trillion dollar palace covered in gold. And he, and you know, just get his reaction to having everybody do all this stuff in his name, I think would just be the most fascinating, but art wise, it just have to be Michelangelo. Yeah. Like there's just no one that's, Michelangelo's on the Van Gogh and Kurt Cobain, you know, just dynamic that I'm so inherently fascinated with. Yeah. He's, you know, gay, tormented, working for the Catholic Church, doesn't really seem like he has it all together, but at 22 produces the Pieta, yeah. at 27 makes David, yeah. and then lives to 70 or 80 something, designs St. Peter's at the end of his life. I mean, just to have been that out of place in a thing and have that much fury and fire inside and to have been producing things 
like I was saying, of emotional depth. I mean, you go look at David and it's like, okay, this is one about God, one about man. This is so perfect. This is so imperfect. This is so pure and calm and peaceful and violent and sexual and suggestive of anatomy and sexuality and suggestive of physical violence and suggestion of violence for God. I mean, you know, like the waves of things you can feel looking at it is just like, holy shit, how did you do it? Like, how did you put that many emotions into one unmoving thing? Yeah. Or I saw the Pieta and, you know, it was just like, okay, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, yeah, but you used to be Christian and you hated that part of your life and now you're not. And now you love this, but don't you wish it wasn't Christian arts. You could love it even more without all this baggage. And it was like, no, no, it's perfect. Yeah. And to be like, how did, how did you do that? And they probably don't have an answer, you know, is, is another part of it. I think right. some people just know how to do some things yeah. inherently and then practice really hard. But yeah, Michelangelo's who I would want so, to meet. He'd so, probably hate me. <laughs> well, I guess you have to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the next question and, and maybe, uh, well, well, let's let's stick to contemporary people. If, if you could photograph anyone, is there anyone you know? That can, can if I could photograph yeah. anyone, I would probably want to make a portrait of Emmanuel Lubezki, the cinematographer of Tree of Life, my oh, favorite movie okay, ever. Yeah. I got a chance to meet him, and we're you know Instagram friends, the deepest bond two human <laughs> beings can share. Um, but I didn't get to photograph him while I was there, yeah. and he's just my favorite living artist, and I think he's such an amazing person that I would love to have made a portrait of him for him or for me or in some capacity. Probably. Yeah, probably him. You have to send him a DM. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of, let's let's dive into that a bit. The uh, the double-edged sword, social media, Instagram, it's it's a love-hate thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on I'm not sure I have a single original thought yeah. on it other than like it facilitated so many of my best friends and most meaningful experiences. Yeah. And you are definitely the commodity in that system. And they don't, they don't respect you as a human being. It has horrendous censor- censorship. That's not like, just like, oh, well, you know, that's how it is. It's like, no, that's a massive societal force yeah. that's training generations to be like, this is what is acceptable and this is what is not. Yeah. And you're the commodity. They're selling your data. They're programming you. They're they're messing with you to see if they can make you feel a certain way and to see if you'll respond to that certain way with money. Yeah. And it's, I mean, whatever, you know, it's like smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol kind of fun to do and you're going to feel like this after you do it and you'll probably do some things you were glad you did because you had the courage after a couple drinks and you'll probably have 10 drinks one night and feel like hell you know I, I don't I don't think it's I think it facilitates a lot of interesting experiences and its overall aim is not benevolent no. so do what you want with it there uh who, who inspires you like um you know i mean i know you mentioned some some uh artists and whatnot already but uh is there anyone uh that, that you look to for inspiration these days uh the last person that i kind of got a lot of specific inspiration out of was a french photographer in magnum named antoine de agata okay he has some really challenging work 
his work of him shooting heroin and fucking prostitutes and huh. all kinds of stuff where I'd be like, that is not a good idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But then reading his interviews about his life and how he is and why he is and then looking at some of the imagery and being like, oh my God, this is so beautiful yeah. and so challenging. Like, I'm, it's, it's enough that I'm forcing, I'm being forced to have a reaction to it. Like I, I just said, oh, that's so beautiful. And it's like, well, that's someone doing heroin with someone that's not healthy. Yeah. That's not beautiful. Yeah. And going like, yeah, you're right. That isn't. And then being like, do you still love that picture? And being like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And being like, well, do you wish they hadn't made it? And it's like, yeah, maybe I wish they hadn't made it. Cause that would probably be better for them. And it's like, well, are you glad you had the experience of interacting with this and reading why they did it? And I'm like, yes, I'm definitely, this is a very unique, you know, that level of like, yeah, you can't sort this out that simply. He has an interview called a simple desire to exist that if you Googled that is my favorite thing I've ever read on photography. It's so challenging because it's not just a Pinterest board fluff piece of quotes to make you feel like, keep going your big breaks right around the corner it's like no this is very complicated and you're probably not going to arrive at a moral solution of this was the right way to do it it's just a lot of complicated stuff to look at and think about and i i just was amazed when i read it so he's he's been it's really weird you know i don't even love looking at his imagery i don't want to be like him yeah but it certainly was a catalyst for like we are we are really steering ourselves into like there are a lot of right and wrong answers now. This yeah. side is good. This side is bad. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of my own opinions on societal directions and being like, this is terrible and we need to move this way. But to be like, there's a good team and a bad team really betrays the yeah. human experience. Yeah. It's, we're all on the same team yeah. doing a lot of good and bad stuff. That's true. What's next for you? What do you got coming up in... Uh... I'm going to go to Michigan and work with my friend Britta, who's an amazing artist, and we're going to try and make some self together. Make some self together. Wow, that sounds like we're going to have a baby. We're going to make some self together. Uh, make some stuff together. Uh, and I don't know. I really, I don't know much beyond that. I don't have a lot scheduled or planned. Yeah. Hopefully shoot some more stuff. Well, listen, Ryan, th- thank you for taking a few minutes to chat yeah. with, uh, with us today. Really we talked great. about Jesus, prostitutes, and said fuck all yeah. in an interview, so I know it's a solid podcast yeah, for you guys. Man. It's a keeper. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks, man. Yeah, cheers. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Ryan Muirhead, please check out the links in the show notes at tribearchipelago.com slash podcast please subscribe and let us know what you love about the podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes. Your reviews help others discover our show, and so we appreciate each and every one. So, thanks again. Until next time.